welcome to the Well and Wealthy podcast with your host, Alicia McPherson. And lifestyle changes that are going to help balance your hormones. So to be honest, is our lifestyle that gets our hormones into a hot mess and making some significant changes into your lifestyle, the things that you're doing every day, they're sometimes the most easiest switches that we can do, but they have a profound effect on our hormones. So in today's episode, I want to talk about 10 things that you can start implementing into your life that are going to make a radical difference in your hormonal health and help your hormones start to recover. And some of these changes are so simple. We have clients in McPherson Method that start incorporating them and they're like, wow, you know what? I didn't know I could feel that much better by just doing this simple thing. In my social media, I'll preach on these things and I'll have people message me in my inbox saying, you know what? I did this one thing you told me to implement and it has changed my life. So take these things seriously because when we're working on hormones, yes, there's supplements. Yes, there's the exercise, there's nu- the nutrition, but it's our lifestyle stuff that really can make a massive difference because if you're just trying to pump yourself with supplements or trying to pump yourself with different, you know, protein or whatever nutrition plan that you're on. If you're just trying to get to the gym, but you're not looking at the things that you're doing every single day in your life, they're going to impact your hormones greatly. So really pay attention to these. And and there's such easy switches to make that make us feel so much better. So let's dive in and talk about the first one. And that is waking up and getting natural sunlight to start your day. Okay, waking up and just exposing yourself to the natural sunlight, it's going to help a lot with your circadian rhythm. So your cortisol and melatonin, they have this delicate balance that happens in the morning. We get this cortisol spike about 30 minutes after you wake up. At night, you get melatonin that's helping you have a really good quality and quantity of sleep. So paying attention to the circadian rhythm, this is one of the hormonal Um, circadians that we want to pay attention to. So as reproductive women, we've got that 24-hour cycle. Everyone has a 24-hour cycle. And then we also, if you're um, of menstruating age, you will have the 28-day cycle as well. But everything works in this cyclical fashion, including our circadian rhythm. So we want to do everything in our power to make sure that that delicate balance between cortisol and melatonin is well-regulated. And one of the things that we can do is getting up and getting natural sunlight. You do not want to get up and check your phone. I know, and I fall into this trap all the time where I want to wake up and check something on my phone. For a while, it was like emails and social media and Slack where my team corresponds. And then eventually it turned into Duolingo. (laughs) I was playing every morning Duolingo, but I realized, hey, this is still the same pattern. Let's nip this in the butt for at least half an hour after I wake up. I try to go a bit longer. And I know every time I deviate, every time I think of this excuse of why I need to grab my phone in the morning, the rest of the morning has so much anxiety to it. So I know how much better I feel when I just put the phone down and I go outside and I get that natural sunlight. Obviously easier said than done in in the summer, in the winter, if you live where the sun doesn't like you wake up before the sun comes out, then I'll just make sure the lights are turned on and not like a dim environment. I want the lights turned on so that my circadian rhythm can, can adjust. I mean, perfect scenario. We are going to bed when 
the sun goes down, we are waking up when the sun goes up, but depending on where you live, that might not necessarily be possible. So if you wake up like me before the sun comes up in the winter time, then I just make sure the lights are all turned on. I know it's not as great as natural sunlight, but it's better than better than nothing. Now with the natural sunlight, you don't ideally want to be in, with glasses on um, because you want your eyes to absorb that light. You don't want to necessarily be behind a window. You want to get in front of the actual direct sunlight. But if you can't, a window will be better than, than nothing, but ideally don't have your glasses on. Okay. That's the first tip. The second tip, and, and you see how it's so easy. You just wake up, don't grab your phone, go and get yourself in front of natural sunlight. Easy. The next tip is getting at least 30 minutes of walking per day, ideally outside. They call sedentary behavior, the new smoking. And people that are sitting seven, eight hours a day have an increased risk of cancer, cardiovascular disease, blood sugar problems, metabolic issues, gaining weight, right? For me, and when I'm working with clients in McPherson method, movement is just as important as going to the gym. Like how many steps are you getting? Are you moving throughout the day? Right? It doesn't have to be a hard, intense workout, but is your body actively moving throughout the day? So getting at least 30 minutes of walking per day is going to be the bare minimum. I like walking outside because nature has so many benefits, especially for our cortisol response. So that, that stress hormone, it anchors you down. If you can do a gratitude walk, I love gratitude walks where I'm in silence. I don't have anything in my ear. I'm just looking around me and finding things to be grateful for, whether that's the sun shining in my face, whether it's a cloudy day, maybe it's the rain hitting my hands. Maybe it's the feel of the ground beneath me. Maybe it's just something that you're looking at, a beautiful flower, a tree, the birds. We see deers and bunny all the bunnies all the time on our walks, but you're just anchoring into gratitude. You could do this on an elliptical. You could do this on a treadmill. Yes, but Outside, nature has so many healing properties and calming the the nervous system. And we've have we've seen so many research papers on how being outside grounds you and calms the nervous system and, and anchors you into safety, especially if you can really look around and appreciate everything that's there. So if you can get for get outside for at least a 30-minute walk. Okay. So tip number three is we want to get rid of endocrine disrupting products. Now these would include perfumes, fragrances. These are the big ones. Like, you know, those, um, what are they called? Glad? I forget, but you plug them in. We used to have them growing up. You plug them in. It makes the, the room smell like beautiful flowers. They are just a complete toxinogen, carcinogen, all the inogens. <laughs> They're so toxic for our body, for our cells. They cause DNA damage. So if we can get rid of any kind of fragrance things, you know, we, you spray Febreze, that's it, Febreze into the room terrible. And I used to use this all the time because I like, you know, good smelling rooms, good smelling products, even candles, anything that has artificial fragrances are endocrine disruptors. They're going to affect our hormones. And there's such a strong link between environmental toxins and major health issues like metabolic disorders, PCOS, thyroid issues, obesity, unable to gain weight. Now these environmental toxins are causing metabolic dysfunction because they alter certain pathways in our body, the oxidative reduction potential metabolites, basically that circulate and communicate with organs throughout the body. So what this means in non-fancy words is they're going to cause inflammation and oxidative stress. And those both play a significant role in how your body's able to get rid of the extra weight. 
Okay, it's causing inflammation, spiking that throughout the body and oxidative stress. We don't want these with if we've got weight loss or hormone um, hormone imbalances. Now, poor regulations of these toxins, it's a, it's a big issue. They're not properly regulated in our environment, right? They're not properly controlled. Companies are able to just use these toxins and no one's telling them to stop. So we actually have to do our job to make sure that we're reducing the exposure to these toxins and then also supporting proper detox. In my weight loss program, a big component is making sure the body is properly detoxing because if it's not the circ- the hormones and, and the toxic products, they circulate in our, in our body and cause even more inflammation and stress. So yes, we want to reduce exposure. We don't want to be pumping ourselves full of chemicals all the time, but we also need to make sure that our body is eliminating them through our detox channels, our digestion, our liver, our skin. These are natural detoxifiers, but we want to make sure that they are optimized because yes, our body is always naturally detoxing, but there is someone that could be detoxing with a lot of sludge buildup and someone who has like nice clean flow out of the body. Think of like, a river with beaver dams and rocks and it's like murky and the water can't pass through easily. And then this nice flowing river where the, the water is able to just naturally and, and efficiently and effectively move down the pathway. So we want to be that option. We don't want to have a lot of sludge or a lot of backflow or a lot of things preventing us from properly eliminating. So some things that you can do to avoid the exposure is really looking at your deodorants, toothpaste, moisturizers, perfumes, nail polish, sunscreen. Try switching to products that are a little bit more now, a lot more natural. And I know that this can be really overwhelming. For me, it helps if I go step by step, like one, literally one thing at a time. So can I find a nice toothpaste? Can I find a better um a perfume? I'll, I'll use essential oils instead of perfumes now. Like we don't have perfumes in our house. I I, Kirk was the last one to have cologne and I sneakily just removed that <laughs> because eventually it started giving me me headaches. So we both committed to that. We look at our sunscreens and I mean, sometimes we don't nail it. There's been moments where I've been in a pinch and I am going to burn my skin off. So I have put on sunscreens that I, I don't love, but it just is a reminder to me to be properly prepared going forward. So can you pick one personal care item and just look to find a more hormone balancing natural product that will support you instead of causing more toxins and destruction in your body. Same thing with cleaning products. Okay. These are very harmful chemicals. And if you're cleaning with them every single day, like you're wiping your counter with them every single day, it's going to be a problem. So Cleaning products was actually the easiest one to switch for me because there's so many different options online where you can where you can find a natural essential oil-based cleaning product and they work just as well. Now you might need to use a heavier cleaning product every so often to do a deep clean once a month, whatever that looks like, but just your natural everyday products, see if you can switch to a more natural one. Another tip is obviously avoiding food additives, processed foods, right? They're 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 going to contribute to a lot of problems. We want to avoid these as best and as much as often. An air filtration system, we got a Dyson and it's been really great, but any air filtration system to help reduce the exposure to airborne toxins. And then in terms of supporting proper gut pathways or detox pathways in your body, 
you want to promote gut biodiversity. So a really diverse gut microbiome is going to help with that detoxification process. So this is what you eat, maybe pro or prebiotics that you're taking, fermented foods that you're eating, the amount of fiber that you're getting in your day, the inflammatory foods that you're eating and ideally removing those is going to influence the gut, the stress levels, your sleep, that's all going to affect the gut diversity. But we're looking for a very biodiverse gut microbiome. And then we can support detox pathways through certain supplements. So if we have a client that has maybe PMS, breast tenderness, um, maybe cyclical acne, we'll most likely look at supporting their liver pathways, the, the two pathways for, for the liver to properly detox. It might mean including supplements like B vitamins, magnesium, zinc, DIM, NAC. It really depends per person, but there's su- tons of supplements that we can do. Um, there's liver teas that will often be really nice. Castor oils can be really nice just to help the liver, give it support and allow it to properly clean out all the sludge. So you have a nice, smooth flowing river as a detox system. And then also sweating, like sweating is amazing to support bodies, natural detoxification processes as well. Okay. So these are some things that we can do just to clean up and reduce the endocrine disruptors. Now, the fourth tip here is we want to try and spend time in silence. No, not with your phone, actual silence. We are a very overstimulated society. Okay, there is a lot going on all the time. We are constantly getting bombarded with emails and notifications and pings on our phone and people asking us for things. So we want to actively spend time in silence, not with your phone. It doesn't have to be you know, an hour, it could be five minutes, 10 minutes, but this does wonders at just calming your body's response down and getting from that overstimulated state to connection and regulation. So where can you spend time just being? And this is something I started to incorporate into my world like three years ago. And it changed my response to stress so much because I was always on the go. I, if I had a moment of time, like a break, I would try to fill it with something. I couldn't just sit and be. And so I started to practice just sitting and being, maybe it's watching a bird. We have this funny little squirrel who is, he's a red squirrel and he just antagonizes our dogs. I don't know what it is about red squirrels, but they love to, love to bully, bully my dogs. I don't know what it is, but so he climbs onto our apple tree and he's so cute and he grabs an apple. And he takes a bunch of bites of this apple and he chucks it down at the dog's head. My one dog, Loka, is she's a little bit of a terror. She she wants to hurt them, but she's down below. It's just driving her nuts. And then he flies from tree to tree and then turns and just yells at the dogs. It's too funny. But I'll spend some time just sitting and watching this red squirrel and how he interacts with my dogs and how he interacts with the tree and, and the apples, it's really quite cute. So can you spend time doing that in complete silence, just observing, just being, just just being, right? Without distractions, without the stimulation. Okay, another tip, and this relates to your phone as well, but putting the electronics down at least one to two hours before bed, this goes back to that circadian response, right? Where if you are, are touching your phone late at night, that the blue light from that is going to trigger cortisol. And when cortisol is activated, melatonin can't be. There's a delicate balance between the two. So it's going to affect how fast you fall asleep and if you're able to stay asleep. So can you shut down the the main electronics? Like your computers, if I if I touch my, I go to my Mac, my 
my Apple desktop, I find that screen is very bright and stimulating and quite big. That will keep me up for so long after. Like I cannot go into that room and sit in front of that, that computer. So no emails for me. The phone is another big one. If I catch myself scrolling or doing something work-related, yes, you want to put your phone on that dark mode, but I still find it impacts my sleep. We once bought, I don't know why we did this, but we bought a TV for the, the bedroom when I used to live with my parents. And we bought this small TV because we didn't really have privacy when we lived with my parents. The The family room was kind of a shared living space in the basement. And so we bought a TV because the bedroom was basically the only place we could close the door and and not have to share space with other people. But the the quality of that TV was so good. It would keep me up. We would watch just one show before bed. And I was up till three in the morning every single night. I could not sleep. And I finally connected it to, because we were able to watch TV in the other room, but the TV was a lot older and it wasn't as stimulating. Like the picture wasn't as clear. So I was able to fall asleep. But this new TV, it was crazy how beautiful the picture was, but how stimulating it was. So we had to remove it from the bedroom. It's now Kirk's TV in a gym. (laughs) So it does not affect my sleep at all anymore. So be mindful of this. If you're not sleeping well, you're not sleeping long. If you're waking up in the night or just in general, if you have a lot of stress, remove the electronics at least an hour, ideally two before bed. All right. The next tip, tip number six here is focusing on building muscle mass. Okay. We want to build muscle mass and it doesn't even matter if we're doing body weight exercises. We have a squat challenge that we're doing in in my weight loss program right now where there's an easy version and um, a more advanced version, but every day you have to do X amount of squats. This is huge for our mobility. It is huge for our strength, especially as we get older for um, just having really strong, healthy mitochondria because in your muscles, it's the most amount of mitochondria, which is going to fuel your metabolism. So if you have a low muscle mass, then you're not going to have enough healthy mitochondria, which are like the powerhouses of the cell. They're the energy sources of our body. So by building muscle mass, it's actually going to help our thyroid, which is going to help produce hormones. It's going to help our blood sugar response, which is going to impact everything. So having a focus on building muscle mass, and again, it doesn't have to be going and lifting heavy weights at the gym. Most people I talk to, especially our clients, can't even do a push-up, or they struggle to hold a one-minute plank, can't do a sit-up right? They can't do 10 squats in a row. So this is where I would start. Walk up a really steep hill and feel your glutes burn, building that muscle mass, okay? 15 minute workout. When I, before I started yoga, my workouts were 15 minutes and I was in a phenomenal shape and I just focused on body weight exercises and it it did amazing for me. Okay. Tip number seven is one to two tablespoons of olive oil, not heated per day. So this is so good for blood sugar and hormone regulation, especially the hunger hormones. I once had this professor in school say, if everyone could have one to two tablespoons of olive oil per day, we would dramatically reduce the risk of heart attacks, cardiovascular diseases, and metabolic issues. And I took this with me. And over time, I found so much um, research that actually supports this olive oil and the potent anti-inflammatory benefits of olive oil are going to serve your body and your hormones. And it's so easy, like a really good quality olive oil. Okay. That's what I'm talking about. Not one of those cheap stuff, like a good quality olive oil. And you just, it's what I call a fast fat. So it's sitting on your counter and you just 
put it on a salad, put it on your vegetables, not heat it, but just like put it on top of things. It's so quick and easy to add it in. Okay, tip number eight is aiming for more than eight hours of sleep per night. And I totally get you might have, some of you might have newborn babies and this doesn't apply to you because, you know, there's a different phase of your life right right now and that's okay. But over time, once baby's sleeping through the night, aim for more than eight hours per night. And why I say this is, is they've done research comparing men and women and who needs more sleep and it's women. Women actually need more sleep than men. I found for myself, the most optimized I feel is eight hours and around 45 minutes. So almost, almost nine hours. I feel way better in terms of my energy, my mood, but a lot of clients I talk with, they're aiming for six or seven hours per day. They've been told seven is enough and they're exhausted. So if it's possible for you in the season of your life, can you go to bed a little bit earlier so that you can allow those at least eight hours of sleep, but aiming for a little bit more? Okay. Some of you might be like, it's not possible. And I, and I get it. If you've got newborn babies, I get it. But if you have the chance and it's, it means maybe eating dinner a little bit earlier, or it means, um, not watching five hours of TV at night, right? If you have that option, let's aim for more than eight hours of sleep per night because you are going to be way more productive and efficient the next day. All right, tip nine is aiming to eat protein at every meal. So the list of benefits for protein is endless in terms of metabolic health for your cortisol, for your insulin, for all your hormones. And this is the big thing that I see a lot of our clients deficient in is protein. Okay. Carbs are good. Even fats are really high, but the protein is deficient. So in every meal that you have, something I preach to our clients is, can you find the protein? Like, where is the protein? Eat that first, prioritize protein. If you do, you're just going to have a dramatic difference in energy and mood and your weight loss goals are going to come a lot quicker. All right. Last tip for today is we want to stop late night eating. Okay. Late night snacking where you're grabbing the potato chips, you're grabbing the, the popcorn. I know these aren't the best options, but even healthier things where you're eating a bowl of fruit before bed. I used to have this, what we called apple delight. And it was, it was apples with peanut butter on it and chocolate chips and sometimes granola or applesauce. It was this big bowl of yumminess and it was so good, but I'd have it right before bed. So this does affect and impact our fat cells and it leads to weight gain and metabolic dysfunction. It also affects our circadian rhythm. So can you avoid late night eating, um, even just aiming you know, two, three hours before bed to have that last meal? All right, I'm gonna wrap up today. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope that these were really useful for you and you can start implementing some of them yourself. And as per usual, if you're ever looking for help and support in your weight loss journey or your hormone balancing journey, I'm going to leave a link below where you can book a complimentary consult with my team, where we're going to figure out what's really going on, what's stopping you from being successful and come up with a game plan to see if we can help you hit your goals. All right, beautifuls, have a fantastic day and I'll talk to you soon.